Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of running a record label. And I believe, I should double check this before I hit record, I believe this is our 101st episode, which is incredible, episode 101. Um, Thank you so much for listening, everyone who's been following along since back in 2018. And we talk about the origins of this podcast in today's episode because it's a really exciting episode. You know, this month and, 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 and for these couple of episodes... In the future, we're we're focusing on the topic of starting a record label and new record labels. And I know many of our listeners are in the process of starting their first label and are um, dreaming about and doing research for starting a record label. If that's you, um, I've been putting together this resource. It's a free download. It's called the Record Label Toolkit. You can get it by going to otherrecordlabels.com slash toolkit. And hopefully there's some tools and resources in there that will help you get started and demystify part of the process. It's a free download. There's a sample contract in there, a sample accounting spreadsheet, and there's a um, some a workbook and some checklists for you. So go to otherrecordlabels.com slash toolkit. This is an exciting episode because we're talking with a record label called Totally Real Records. Totally Real is a great name because it's obviously this, you know, sarcastic um, uh, name that came out of this uh, place that we all have uh, the, you know, the imposter syndrome. In fact, when we talk about the imposter syndrome of, of starting a record label, and, and I have it myself all the time, um, but I was even interviewed a couple months ago with uh, Darius from Secretly Group and the founder of Jag Jaguar. And that was the first question I asked him, you know, and, and of course they've released records from Phoebe Bridgers and, and um, Bon Iver and, 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 you know, arguably one of the biggest idiot labels right now. And I asked him if he still has the imposter syndrome and he said he does. And then that, and that was, in, you know, in, inspiring and enlightening um, to hear that coming from someone like that. And, and so today's record label, is kind of based out of that uh, reluctancy and that um, that insecurity of starting a record label that I know that all of us feel in the early stages um, and and even 10 years on. And so I'm excited for you to hear this. This is also a cool episode and we go into it a little bit too because Brian um, from Totally Real has his own podcast called Subliminal Inevitable. And I know a lot of our listeners enjoy that podcast as well, as well which is the original podcast uh, that interviews record labels. And he was doing it long before me. Um, and we talk a little bit about that. And I, I apologize to him for um, for treading on his territory. Anyway, thank you so much for following along and listening. Um, and uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. This is exciting. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you because it's like three days from Christmas or whatever it is. And I like I'm kind of baked and um, it was nice to be like, oh, this is going to be an easy one. I don't feel <laughs> like I wasn't You're stressed. not intimidated by me. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I see what, no, I could see how you would think that. No. Well, I mean, I do feel, um, I, 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 no, I'm not intimidated because I know that first of all, you have a new label and second of all, you're a, a podcast interviewer. So I know that you're empathetic to yes. the situation. So, but also, um, it's just, um, I just feel like we have so much in common and, yeah. uh, I, I just felt relaxed coming into this. I'm like, this is going to be fun. Me too. Uh, I've been looking forward to this. I've been running around doing like finishing up Christmas shopping and stuff like that and, mm. uh, you know, various holiday stress things. 
Uh, and I was kind of like, okay, four o'clock, I just get to sit, sit down, down and talk to Scott. <laughs> and talk about and myself. Gonna, and, and, <laughs> and talk about myself or talk about whatever we talk about. Um, yeah. Because, you know, I, I love to talk about things that have nothing to do with what people are expecting to hear. But uh, yeah, I, I'm just looking forward to it. Okay. So, I, I mean, let's go. I, I met you because you host a great pos- a podcast. I can't say that word, interviewing record labels and the original record label podcast, which our, <laughs> our users need to know, our, our, our listeners need to know that. And, and I, I remember you, here's what's funny, because we're talking about your new label and yeah. um, which, by the way, when did that start officially? Was it in 2020? It's, I know it's a little confusing. So I came up with the idea for doing a label in 2018, got the name sat on some, you know, socials and stuff, uh-huh. uh, but then didn't do anything with it until Sorry, tw- 20... Yeah, go, 2018, until, okay, yeah. Yeah, but then I didn't do anything with it until 2019 mm. when I was putting... My uh, my band, Mount Sharp, was getting ready to put out some music after not putting any out for a long time, and uh, I was uploading a single to, um, to, you know, streaming platforms, and there's that, there's that moment where it's like, is there a label name? I was like, <laughs> well, I'll use this fake label name I made up a year ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd, I did that, but that still wasn't really the official start of it. It didn't officially start until 2020, uh, earlier this earlier this year, when I put out um, a single for uh, a friend's band. At still at that point, it was really just well, let's use this name, it, it, and it, it kept going that way. Where I was like, oh, let's do this with my fake label, yeah, until uh, late like midsummer kind of okay it, i was like okay i'm actually going to use this as a name and turn it into a business yeah okay that's awesome <laughs> I, I remember i remember you often tweeting that you were <laughs> resisting the urge to start a record label <laughs> which you eventually did um why did you feel like starting a record label was inevitable for you <laughs> um inevitable that word just haunts me huh um <laughs> yeah. i didn't I mean I guess I did feel it was inevitable. Uh, I was always maybe worried that when I was approaching record labels to interview for my podcast, um, that people thought, "Oh, this guy just wants to start a record label and like get info uh, and get yeah, dirt yeah. and get insider <laughs> stuff." Um, and it wasn't that. That was never my case with starting starting the podcast. The only reason I started doing a record label podcast was because. At work, an opportunity came up for, you know, we need need to replace the podcast that left the network and they offered it to me and they're like, well, you just, it has to be like kind of an, in the indie rock realm. That was kind of the hole yeah. that had to be filled, you know, and uh, you have to have a theme, some kind of theme. It could be this, that, or the other, and this is what other people do. I was like, well, I don't know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll feature indie labels. Mm. I like re- record labels, you know, and. There's some cool ones I follow. I'd like to uh, have a reason to dig into the music more. Uh, so I started that, and it was really just a playlist show for the first 50 episodes. And then uh, then I was, I was like, this is getting old. I want to do something <laughs> different. I'm going to start trying to interview people. Right. Yeah, because at that point, I was reaching out to the people who ran record labels to ask them about it, to get new music, to get some background. You know, And then I figured, well, I'm in touch with most of these people anyway. Why don't I like, bring them in and see what else we can get out of it for uh, the podcast. Mm-hmm. So that was all it was. It wasn't that I, I had a personal interest in starting a record label or anything, but along the way, you know, um, I became more and more interested in the, in the world of it, how things work and the people involved in it and all of that. And uh, I guess it, it really didn't become a thing until 2020 because I think 
if you asked me a year ago what the like dream music world thing I would do was, yeah. it would it would be start a venue. It would be you know have oh. my own venue. Okay, and that was always my thought. I was always like a venue person, mm. but like I don't know, I'm 40 years old and I haven't done that yet, so <laughs> right. I don't didn't think that was like definitely going to happen. And then this year really made it you know clear that that's not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, yeah. So right. I think that allowed me to kind of shift my goal to a different kind of thing. What, what, the, you know, in, yeah, go ahead. We're interviewing these labels. Was that inspiring for you? Was it, was it convincing you that you could do it? Absolutely. Yeah. It, it definitely convinced me that I could do it. Um, and give me ideas, you know, lots mm-hmm. of ideas. Of oh, how, sure. How people do things, how not to do things, you know, all of that. Like, you know, you, I'm sure that along the way you've talked to people and, you know, learned about how they're doing things and approaching things Absolutely. And it's yeah. shifted what you thought you were able to do. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think your position, I mean, when I, when I, you know, I was in a similar position with you, except I, I had a label. And so, and, mm-hmm. and I, I actually was trying to get intel from them. I don't know if I said that, but I certainly was trying to learn from them. But I think it helps with the imposter syndrome, especially when you talk mm-hmm. to everyday people, um, like you and I do, who are, who are running great record labels. You must have think, wow, I can do this. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. There, but on this, you know, the same hand. There, there are also plenty of times where I'm like, "Wow, that is so overwhelming." When they get like get into some of the stuff that <laughs> I know nothing about. True. Um, and it, again, everyone is so different. The way they run their labels are so different, and maybe how how adept they are at different parts of it, different skills are very different. But uh, yeah, there are there are moments where I've been like, "Ooh, I don't know if I'm up for that." <laughs> Actually, I totally agree with you, and I, I don't know if it's like a, a certain area that I'm just not passionate about or a certain area I just don't have the energy of because of my age and, and stage, but uh, I totally know what you mean. There's there's times where I'm like, that's not for me. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> there's so many, on that note, there's so many facets to starting a record label. There's discovering new bands. There's the promotional side of things, the technical or, or or even the administrative um was there one part of the job where you thought you know this is my area of expertise i'm really good at this or or, or maybe beforehand that gave you confidence to start a label or something that you discovered when you were running the label sure uh well for for a long time i've always kind of been the person or one of the people in my like social circles or friend groups who was the one who helps the band you know mm-hmm. the one who yeah people will come to you to be like, hey, we made a record. What should we do? Or we need to play shows. We don't know how to book anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, all the way down to uh, being hired to do press photos, make videos, mm. do cover art for people. Um, so, but, but not really specializing in one of those things, you know, just kind of like, you know, people knew if they were a musician and doing a thing, uh, I might be able to help them. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Yeah, so that, you know, that has gone on and designing, like doing layouts and everything and helping people order their records. So, uh, you know, that's been going on for maybe like 15 years or something like that. Wow. And uh, I've been trying to (laughs) get that under control over the past couple of years, basically since I had a child. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was like, okay, (laughs) I can't say yes to helping everybody just because they asked. Yeah. And just help them out. And then it that's just a thing I did that goes in a portfolio that I don't really use. Um, so, 
you know, my thinking was kind of like, I shouldn't not waste my time doing that, but I, I shouldn't exert all this energy into something that just floats away. If mm. I'm going to do this stuff, uh, I want to put it under an umbrella that I can kind of take ownership of and grow into something. Sure. So, so that's like the extremely rational thinking of yeah. starting a record label for me. I, <laughs> I think that's beautiful because I, I, I was the exact same way. I mean, I was the first one of my friends to find out how to make CDs at a, at a mm -hmm. co you know, cost-effective and independent level. I was the first one of my friends to get my music on iTunes at the time. And, and, and so I just basically, and it's not that I was smarter than them, I was just ahead of them by a couple of months. And so I, mm -hmm. I could just answer those questions. And, and that was long before I ever thought about starting a record label. It's so interesting how that's the story for a lot of people <laughs> who have labels. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's I. I felt like I was kind of doing a bunch of stuff that at you know along the way maybe through these interviews I realized it was you know a lot of that fell under the umbrella of running a independent sort of like DIY record label. Yeah, right. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Then, um, but in terms of the actual skills, I, I'd say that the, the curation of music, like finding right. artists who, at least to me, I think the music is really interesting, has potential, and the people could have a really successful career, and you know what, whatever that word means to them mm. so that's that's probably the the number one thing that you know the biggest interest for me like i'm so psyched when i go on Bandcamp and see someone just uploaded a record and no one has bought it yet yeah and, and i fall in love with it <laughs> well that's um, cool yeah yeah <laughs> that's hard to find it's not easy i i've had some luck lately i got i gotta say that's great I, yeah since i kind of branched out from you know immediate friend group essentially of the first couple artists yeah with a label um there's there's three that I have come across that way and started working with, and I've been extremely uh, excited about and happy with how that's worked out. And, like finding random artists. So are, are you able to search? You're able to search on Bandcamp like based on upload, right? Like recently uploaded. Um, yeah, I mean you can look at newest arrival. I just right. I'll just like go to the the homepage and scroll down to you know newest arrivals. And yeah, stuff and, and click through different genres and. You know, see what see what artist name and cover art catches my eye. And yeah, listen to I listen to a lot, but you know it doesn't happen often. Interesting. I get to do that, but when I do, I you know I usually listen to a lot. Well, I think it's part of your ethos too, because I mean, if anyone follows you on Twitter, you can just tell that you're a champion of, I mean, even your show, but you're a champion of other people's music. You're a champion of other labels, and oh yeah, you're a fan first. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> the name. Big fan. Let's talk about the name. Totally real records. It has yeah. a, a Simpsons vibe to it. Like it's very tongue in cheek. Uh, I I think it's uh, I think it's brilliant. I absolutely love it. It's one of my favorite names I've heard this year. But you have to like there is something self deprecating about it, right? Like you're almost like reserving. Yeah. Uh, you're tempering people's expectations. That's that's the perfect way to put it. Um, Thank you for saying that. By the way, that they you, Yo, you do welcome. like it's true. Like I'm always worried about it. And there have been a couple issues where, um, you know, pr like people of ours have gotten a, a blog write up or something, and they make a snarky comment about it. Like they, they oh, think it's fake. Yeah, you know, they're like sounds like a yeah, sure, sounds real. Um, <laughs> but I love that. I think it's yes. hilarious. Yeah, because I can't. I can't wait to prove them wrong. <laughs> oh, great! That's a good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lower their uh, expectations. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, <laughs> tempering that or, or yeah, lowering the expectations. I think um, there is a sort of direct precedent 
which goes into the backstory of, of starting the label a bit. Um, so my friend, uh, Travis Harrison, who is an amazing engineer, has a studio. He, it's actually his studio in Brooklyn that we work out of when we do, um, BTR live sessions. Oh, okay. And, and, um, he, he's an old friend of mine who I met. I love telling the story. Uh, I met when my old band had no idea what we were doing and was scouring Craigslist to figure out how to get, how to find a recording studio. Mm. And he had a place it was called the shack which was literally a shack in a parking lot uh <laughs> in queens and he offered free studio time so long story short we went there used studio time made records and began this long relationship with him he was starting a record label at that time which that band ended up being on called serious business um <laughs> and it was exactly the same the same vibe you yeah, know yeah. very tongue-in-cheek pretty self-deprecating but it's called serious business um so that is absolutely an inspiration for why uh i i went with that name <laughs> yeah yeah um you know spending a lot of time around travis i, I was at that point when i came up with the name i was kind of trying to convince him to just let me revive his label oh i see because <laughs> yeah, he yeah. had everything he has everything in place already right um because it's, it's been a little inactive for for a long time now but uh so that's that's the direct uh, reference if there if there was one. Um, well, I love that you yeah, said that your yeah. goal is to uh, prove them wrong, like is to oh, be, yeah. you know over deliver. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, granted, you know, when I came up with the name, I didn't really have a, a direct plan. It was just I had some friends who had music that they were taking a long time to figure out what to do with, and I thought I would try. I would convince them to let me do it, but mm. then I got busy and didn't do it. But I had the name. Yeah. Um, but it was still, it still felt fake at that point, you know? So I was like, well, it's kind of fake. So let's make it totally real. Was there a, um, was there a tipping point? Cause you said you had the name in 2018 mm -hmm. and then you started to do things in 2019. And then now I would say it's a, it's a, a, a fully operating label. It's, it's a, a normal label on, on par with everyone else. What was that tipping point saying? Let's do this. This is totally real. Yeah. Um, so I guess, I, I guess I would say that was early. It was early in 2020. Um, you know, I, I said that the first time I used it was in 2019 for a single for my band, but that was really just to put the name on something as we were putting a single sure. to test the waters. We ended up releasing the record, uh, related to that, uh, with, with another label with dad stash records. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, what happened was that was coming out. We were going to do a bunch of shows and tour and everything that, that, that record came out in the, at the end of February. Uh, so oh, everything yeah. we planned after our release show oh, was canceled. That's a bummer. Yeah. That's a bad <laughs> big, time. Big bummer. Um, so, uh, one of those things we were going to go up to Maine and play a show at the venue. I used to work at when I lived there, uh, with some friends of mine, uh, called super order. So I talked to them and the idea was uh, to put out a single they had from this record they had recorded but didn't know what to do with, to put out a single the week before the show just for a promotional thing. Um, they kind of didn't really know what to do about it, have a promoter. I was like, well, put it on my fake label <laughs> and I'll help you promote it. And it'll promote the show. It helps everyone. Um, so needless to say, since the show's got canceled, that all didn't happen. But we're like, well, let's still put out the single anyway and yeah. give it a shot. Yeah. So we did that. that was, so that was the first like, sort of real effort but it, i was still considering it fake yeah then after the single comes out um the songwriter from the band 
uh, sends me a message. He's like, here's the cover, here's the artwork for the album. Uh, we want to put it out on uh, April 20th, <laughs> nice 420 release. <laughs> nice. And uh, it, it had my label logo, the, the ridiculous cat logo that I've been using. <laughs> On it, I was like, "Oh, I didn't know I was putting out a full-length record by someone." <laughs> That's a great way to sign yourself to a band. Just put their logo on your record, <laughs> see know. if they object. <laughs> so, I mean, of course, I was down. I was interested, but I just, I, I hadn't at that at that point thought about the label as something more than helping friends with digital singles distribution and stuff like that. That, okay. that was all at that point I was right. looking to do. I was like, "It's going to be a digital label. I can do that." You know, I can run a distro kit account. I can even have a Bandcamp account and help out with stuff. Mm -hmm. That's easy. But they like pushed it into the physical world and into the full length world. Right. I was like, all right, I guess this is what we'll do now. So yeah, that, that was the tipping point. Um, I I love, um, I wonder how many times you've experienced this when you talk to labels uh, and I feel like I could make a coffee table book about this, but like how many labels do you know that started out by putting a fake label on a CD or a tape? Oh yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's such an iconic story and I did it myself in 2005 without even, or even before that, without even like just totally independent, like not even knowing that was a thing to do. It's just so weird how we all did that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you need to give a name to something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to just trick people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, exactly. I mean, did you you ever done the fake manager thing? Did I? Yes, I've done that. Back in the day, I have done that. Yes. Such a classic move, right? It is. (laughs) It is great. Fake fake entity fake to, uh, emails yeah. yeah yeah when i found out you could buy a, a domain name and then you could create any any name at your domain domain name i was like well why aren't i making a a nice sounding manager name a booking agent name and catfish people yeah yep. so yep. Uh, have you hit any roadblocks in, in your first year have you hit anything that uh, <laughs> has has become uh, harder for you than you imagined well, I don't know if you've seen my Twitter activity o- over this week, but yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're calling um, out the most loved organization in indie music. Go on with this story. I have to uh, censor it. Hey, they still haven't <laughs> replied to me, so I am going to go ahead with it. Um, so, yeah, so the story was uh, this this past weekend, um, I on Friday, I announced two, uh, two pre-releases. One is a digital album by an artist called Pharmacos. Uh, and that album's called "Destroy the S- Destroy the System." Mm. Uh, so that one's coming out February fifth. That's a that's that went normal. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's only up on Bandcamp now. Uh, and the other one was a tape. It's the second tape that I've released through the label uh, for an artist named Old Man of the Woods. And <laughs> I put it up on the artist's Bandcamp page, and um, people started trying to buy it, and they all got blocked. By PayPal. That's weird. Uh, so saying, and it, the error said something about a government restriction, a government guidelines or regulation, something like that. Bizarre. Um, and it's very confusing. And you're re- re- getting texts and emails and t- tweets and everything. Yeah. Um, mind you, we're only these. This run of tapes is only twenty tapes. We're doing twenty tapes per edition. It's a very small number. Sure. But it's my first time doing anything with this artist. Yeah. Um, I was fairly certain that we would sell out of the 20 tapes quickly. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to screw this up for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so we do it and every, no one's able to buy it. Um, so I spent Friday uh, on the phone with PayPal and all this stuff and they have not been able to help yet. And I reached out to Bandcamp several times but have not 
heard back from them. That's interesting. Very, yeah, that's really too bad. And I mean, what I've never heard of an issue, a technical issue with Bandcamp. It's yeah. or, or especially with and or with PayPal. And I mean, I haven't. I've been selling on there for over ten years, and I've never experienced. Well, I mean, maybe my customers have, but they haven't told me. Right. That's really too bad. Um, yeah. So, and I mean, it's it's not that I think uh, anyone did something wrong. I I. I I have a, a a theory about what's happening. Okay, um, and I think it has to do with the fact that this was a uh, released digitally in September through CD Baby. You use CD Baby, right? Yes. You, you, yeah. Okay, so my theory is it might be that there is a because they, they PayPal told me that it looked like it was a copyright flag. Uh, there's no samples or covers or anything on the on the record. So if there's a copyright issue, it must have something to do with some other publishing. Hmm. Uh, and so that would be through CDB. So that's what we're working on now. I mean, Hopefully that would blow my mind. I've never right. heard of that. I have heard of that on YouTube, but yeah. having um, having CD Baby automatically crawl for copyright material on Bandcamp that would blow my mind. But yeah, I, it's possible. Yeah, I well, yeah, but it's the only thing left that I can figure. <laughs> that's why. So we're, I, yeah, that's what we're working on. So, I, yeah, and yeah. you know, no hate to Bandcamp. I'm just, I'm sure I've. Haven't been able to get a word from them about. Anything, well, there's something like okay, and I and I I I'll come to your defense because I mean, like you said, you're working with a new artist and you're really trying. You know, I, I'm speaking from my perspective. If I were you, I would be trying to impress them. I'd be trying to prove my value. If you're taking a percentage, you yeah. want to prove that worth. And um, there's also something beautiful. By the way, it's a it's a beautiful looking record and it's beautiful sounding. I was only able to listen to it a little bit on my laptop speakers, but I, I have to go back to it because it sounds beautiful and it looks beautiful. It's incredible. And they came out really nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah this uh, The speckled tape is, is gorgeous. But uh, there is something great. And I know that I, I imagine you're close to being sold out even regardless of the technical problems, but like it, it's, it's, there's something great about selling out very quickly. That's, that's yeah. a huge power in that scarcity uh, feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we were, we're going for it. So, well, anyway, long story short, as we figured out, I looked into other options and I ended up setting us, setting up a web store uh, through limited run. Okay. Um, and how's that going? It's amazing. We, so we sold, we basically we basically sold out. I wow. still have one um, listed on Bandcamp, but we have people who want. So we're giving it a chance for that to get worked out and sold through there. But um, at this point, we're probably going to do another edition of it already before it's even released. So that's wow, pretty exciting. Yeah, <laughs> that's really great. And are you doing yeah. are you doing a a digital release as well, like on Spotify eventually? It's a. Um, so the EP itself is already she she has it on Spotify. That's, okay, so that's okay. There. Um, there is this additional exclusive track um, that's on the tape. That's a good idea. And yeah, we're it, it's it's really cool. And this has been this has been a, a big thing. I've been trying to figure out how to make the tape special when they're a re-release, essentially of something that's been out digitally. Um, and it's one of the most fun parts of the project, like collaborating with the arts to mm -hmm. figure it out. So for this. Um, she Miranda went basically went for a walk in the woods. So it's kind of like an odd ambient audio collage, environmental sound design. It's it's just really really awesome. It's a 14 minute track and ties in really well with the album, mm. but feels like something brand new. And we have some fun ideas planned around promoting that track specifically. So it's kind of funny maybe promoting a track that is on a exclusive to a release that the world at large can't hear. Yes. Or access yet, but yes. 
um, you know, we're kind of working it out as we go along and just coming up with ideas to try. Well, you know, we've talked about uh, that issue with other labels before, and uh, I, I don't, I don't see any problem with that, and I still mm-hmm. think it's great. You know, th- this record never came across my radar until you started yeah. promoting it. So, yeah. at the very least, your following now gets a chance to hear it. And that, yeah, and that's that's the point. You know, that's why I'm doing this. If I find stuff, uh, and I know that, you know, people outside the artist's immediate social circle or a handful of music bloggers or something haven't heard it, then there's a lot more people that should. So yeah, um, that's definitely, that EP is definitely one of those. And, you know, there's more stuff in the works uh, down the road that I hope people will also check out. That's great. Um, We're talking about struggles, but what about wins? I mean, have you, uh, has anything happened in the past couple of months that uh, made you think, okay, I can do this. This is working. (laughs) Uh, yeah, there's been a bunch of bunch of little things along the way. Um, like what kind of stuff inspires I, you or, or really encourages you? Well, early on, I'll say uh, because I, I keep, you know, obviously I keep shifting as I, as I go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never intended to do tapes, but then I found an affordable tape duplicator. And I was like, I'm doing tapes now too. <laughs> okay. Um, so that inspired me just yes. doing, doing that. Um, but I'll say I start out focusing on the digital because that's kind of, you know, what I thought this was going to be in the beginning and, you know, getting those, those like random, uh, music journalists or playlisters just like excited about stuff. Mm. Like every little one was another little fire under me to, to push, right. push along. Um, you know, to, to, as much as I know that in, you know, you need so much of that to really build a lot of momentum, but still it's that little like hit, right? Every time you get like a cool quote about something or, uh, you look at your, uh, streaming numbers and you see that you got a thousand, some, your artist got a thousand plays on some mm-hmm. playlist you got them on. It's like, okay, okay. This is yeah. something is, is working to some degree. <laughs> yes. No, I know yeah. what you mean. Well, it's gotta be affirming too, that the artist is excited to work with you too. Just even that. Uh, oh, absolutely. So, you know, as I mentioned, uh, I started out basically working with friends uh, and over time, not that much time because I, I haven't been doing this that long, I started reaching out to artists I didn't know uh, whose music I, I came across and I've been sort of very pleasantly surprised to shocked that they actually want to deal with me <laughs> who has no track record. Yeah. Uh, but I've been, I, I've been very lucky in that way. You know, the people I found, um, I'm collaborating a lot with them which is you know i think goes back to what i was talking about how i how i was involved with musicians before starting the label um collaborating in all sorts of ways more Mm. than just okay give me your record and i'm going to now you know get it heard um yeah that is that that is a big part of it but uh, i like being involved in you know working on the creative uh still doing some art uh, working on track listing, things like that. So yeah, um, yeah. Here, here's what I'm curious about because you you interview labels and and you're involved in the music scene uh, through your work and everything, and mm-hmm. so you're exposed to all these different initiatives and 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 ideas that labels do. And and the hardest part of running a business is is often knowing what not to do and what to mm-hmm. say no to. So I would imagine if I was in your position and, and I'm I'm starting a new label, there's so many artists to sign. There's so many things you can do. I mean you 
you're you're doing tapes and then but you know vinyl is is an option down the road and merch you, a lot of labels do merch and how do mm-hmm. you choose where to focus your efforts uh, in the early stages of starting a label how do you how do you keep yourself from doing too much <laughs> or have you uh, yeah i don't know if i can answer that one okay. yet um i i started i i would say i started hot okay. <laughs> by yeah. uh, having three full length releases that were all very different uh, come out really in close proximity to each other. Okay. Um, you regret I mean, I, that? W- you regret doing that? Um, I don't really regret it. I actually feel like it was a good learning experience. Okay. I do wish that I could have put a little... I, I wish that I had uh, had the for- foresight to do as much planning for them as I did towards the end of it earlier on that's all mm, yes um, but without having done that before i don't know how i would have been been that prepared um, right but uh but i'm happy with how those went um it was just it was a lot at once yeah yeah <laughs> I, I know i know this is your episode but i want to interject and say i i was um when i got started my first year like my first full year in 2011 I did 12 releases and mm. then my second year I did two releases and then my <laughs> third year I did maybe a half like maybe just an EP yeah. and I I have you know t- I like I'm like you I, it was a great learning experience but had I yeah. taken half of those 12 and spread them out like it would have been oh I just I really yeah. regret that yeah yeah, so that's something that I'm, you know, I'm aware of. I w- like I said, I wouldn't say I regret it because it was a good learning experience, and it did force me to kind of like get up to speed to where I wanted to be really quickly. Right. Um, yeah, that's of, true. That's true. In terms of setting up as much as as you know, detailed as setting up spreadsheets and paying attention to certain things I hadn't paid attention to, and also running into some issues, not like roadblocks or big problems, just like stuff I needed to know how to do. Uh, whether it's in terms of distribution or the production stuff or, you know, any, any of that, um, or planning out social media, mm. um, where, where the artists have social media. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, so some things that were, were really good to do, uh, all at once. Um, at this point, I, you know, now that I'm on the tape thing, I'm kind of focused on that for the time being, mostly just to see how much I can handle. Sure. Um, I want to do one a month, which is is fine if I'm only doing editions of twenty and I'm hand, you know and I'm doing yeah. hand yeah. dubbing them and printing them and stuff. Um, I can manage that. Uh, I don't know if I'll go on for twelve months, but it's definitely right. going to go on for like six months. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I think that was the 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 thing I regret about the way I launched was it just wasn't sustainable. You know, it's not that I didn't I was yeah. able to pull it off. Um, but, uh, it just couldn't, I just couldn't keep it up. So I think yeah. whatever you, yeah, whatever you're working on, it, it's something you have to determine whether or not you can sustain it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think I'm being realistic about that at this, yeah. at this point. Um, you know, as, as I started with those three releases, it was kind of, I got excited and then their timelines all shifted into the same place. You know, I didn't, okay. I didn't say yes okay. to them, to them knowing they were all going to come out. Uh, November and December. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, it, I said yes to them, thinking it would be like July, September, December, so, something along those lines. And so, then they all, they all shifted. <laughs> so, are you being, um, 
like have you have you learned a, a lot already and 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 what is what is 2021 what is the next six months and 12 months look like for you yeah i've learned i've learned a ton um like i like i just alluded to the next six months i think i'll probably have one tape release a month mm. um and it's that's a combination of some more like the two i've done already which are sort of like a recombination of you know, previously released digital material that I'm sort of repackaging with new, uh, new music on a tape. So, are uh, are you you already are talking to someone initially for for something that could come out in six months from now? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I That's have several uh, full length records that people have brought me, and so so my That's approach amazing. right now is if someone comes to me with a full length record that they want to put out, and you know, it, it's not someone who is like ready to pay for vinyl or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I'll say, sure. I mean, and, and I want, and I'm interested in it and I yeah. love the music and yeah. I trust the people. Um, you know, I'm down to say, yes, I will put it out as, out as a tape. Um, but here are my, here's, here are my demands. Uh, <laughs> I need, I need this, uh, Scott Orr's modified checklist, <laughs> um, filled out completed with all materials right, uh, right delivered or estimated delivery dates uh filled out uh i need that three months before we begin promoting anything yeah 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 <laughs> that's where i'm at so that's why yes i do have an idea of six months from now well that i have a cut Okay, can you walk us through that process? Because, I mean, you are, you know, not only are you um, uh, wise and and uh, older than, uh, let's say, you might have been in, in launching this label from your dorm in college, but you're also right. in the music industry and you're very used to sending people forms to fill out. I've had to fill out <laughs> your forms a couple of times before. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorite jobs to do. Um but uh, you're so you now you know how systems work. So what does your your label work? And I, and I think there's be some people who can learn from that. So talk to to me about this like onboarding uh, system that you have. Yeah. Uh, so the onboarding system definitely it's a combination of what I learned from you and the processes that I use for my for my work, which as you mentioned does involve uh, sending people release forms, getting sure, permission yeah. to use their music. Um, so it's just like that, and I am. St- you know, constantly working on evolving it and sort of simplifying that to make it as easy as possible for me and the person uh, I need the info from. You yeah, know, to the point where yeah. I'm just sending, copying, and pasting them a link that they are doing something with. I do need to figure out a uh, a sort of like foolproof way to have them be able to just fill out the form at the link I send them. Oh, oh okay, I like a Google. Uh, what do they call those? Uh, it's they have like um. Well, they, well, I was looking at like Adobe ones. I don't know. I haven't okay. found one that works universally. That's okay. the problem. Oh, I see. I, okay. I've tested, I've tried things out and I've run into issues each time. Okay. So I'm, I'm still. And, and what does I, the I artist think when them. they're, sorry to interrupt you, but what does the artist think when they receive this? Are they like, oh, wow, this guy has his act together? Or are they like, oh, I don't, I don't do well with paperwork? Uh, I think that, I mean, I think it does make them take it seriously. Good. My goal with it is to make them think about their project in the way that, for me to work with them, I need them to be yes, starting to yes, think about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, in many cases they haven't before. In many cases, it's someone who's a, an artist who's just creating, and that's that's the extent of how logically they've thought about what they do. You know, mm-hmm. um, so uh, yeah, I, I think it has a bit of that effect for sure. Um, also, and this is something I 
it's a principle that relates to like w when I do work and I'm booking bands for, for things we do, you know, there's certain things where it's sort of a filter where if they can't do this or they aren't willing to do this one thing, it, it's like, a, like a red flag. <laughs> oh, good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. That if they can't complete this task, you're not going to be able to work very well together. Yes. Um, yeah. And that's not to say something negative about them or that they can't, they're not capable of something or their art isn't as valuable as any other, but just me personally knowing, you know, my limitations. Yeah. Um, I might not be able to get them where I want to get them in order for everyone to be happy. Yes. So and I it's, I think yeah. it's important. Yeah. Well, and it, and the, the kind of the boring parts of running a label is emailing an artist and saying, please send me that artwork or please listen to that mix and get back to me. I need your approval or please send mm -hmm. me those lyrics. I've been asking for lyrics in a word doc for three weeks now, you know, like, it, I <laughs> yeah. mean, I send, I send like two of those a week and for forever. Yeah. And so you're right. If, if you're having trouble with them, just coming into your label for the, at, mm -hmm. you know, right at the very beginning, then that's uh, that could be a problem down the road. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm, I try to be very understanding. If there's someone who's just not a tech person, like not good with computers right. and they have issues doing it, like I under, I'm completely sympathetic to that and I can work with that. That's fine. Yeah. But there are certainly, there have been, there have been cases already where, you know, I'm interested in something and someone says they want to do something, but then the communication falls apart before it really gets started. And that's, that can be a sign that like, this is not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, so that's something you have to learn through emails yeah. and whatnot. So what do you look for in an artist? I mean, assuming you love the music, um, mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, that can't be everything because you, you do want to look for diversity. You do want to, um, you want to find music that you could, you could like the music, but maybe you've already released that type of record on your label, or maybe yeah. the, the, the music scene is, is has enough of those records what what mm. what do you look for uh what is included in the in the whole package quote unquote for for an artist it's very hard for me to put into words you know because mm. i always just feel it as like a, a gut feeling a gut instinct from uh my ears and eyes yeah. being tra yeah. trained for so long uh you know going through digging through my inbox and various music platforms and such uh, you're, you're absolutely right about that being a consideration that I might, you know, love something, love the music, but feel like I have, I've already done enough of that or there's a lot out there that it would be too right. difficult to find its place if they don't have an, you know, a fan base or an audience already. Totally. Um, those are considerations and certainly things along those lines should be more of a consideration than they have been so far. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, not to say that I've like anything has gone horribly wrong, but um, you know, I know I, I yeah, I'm in a I'm still in the, in the phase where it's fine if I just love something so much I can release it digitally and promote it, uh, and it's not going to get millions of streams and it's might not sell any records, um, but as long as we're not losing money on it like we haven't pressed vinyl it's no yeah, yeah. i don't see that as a problem at this sure at this i agree point. yeah i've done that before yeah yeah as long as i as long as i believe in the music i want to have it in my catalog um and you know obviously i have to trust the people uh involved in, in some way um that's that's been one of the like more questionable things as i've been reaching out to new artists because i feel like you don't know the people what are they like what are their like what are their beliefs? 
Um, I, I think this is something that you've, you've talked about, like their beliefs sort of being aligned with your, yours or your labels, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, where, where that's important. Uh, and it, it's tricky. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, how do you, how do you put that into words <laughs> in, in how do you cover everything yeah you know? i guess you can't ask who they voted for on their onboarding form correct yeah correct yeah. i mean not that there's an hr department in totally real records but you know um but yeah. it's, a, it's a factor like sure. no i do not want yeah what i, I yes. want to be aware of <laughs> no i know what you mean i've actually been thinking i mean this could be an offline conversation because i i've been thinking about that with the podcast it's like you know i search yeah. for uh, record labels to interview and i do uh, a modicum of research i don't have mm -hmm. a lot of time to do i don't hire a in private investigator so i do yeah. run the risk of you know interviewing someone who could be quite problematic for me and for everyone down the road and it's tough. Exactly. Exactly. Like I did, I asked someone, an artist recently, um, because it, it came up or like a, a flag was raised in my mind because they have an artist name. They have like a, per, a performer name. Okay. You know, um, that that's not their given name. Yeah. So I was thrown off by that in our communications at first. And then they explained it. I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. But at some point I was like, wait. Is there any other reason why you're not using your real name in your bio? Interesting. Yeah, let's Google that. <laughs> and, yeah, and and you know, and they're like, they explained it, and it was, it was totally fine. But I had, and we have now like talked extensively, and I feel very comfortable about it. But yeah. you know, it, it was just a moment where I was like, who am I? Who am I getting involved with? Here? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and I mean, that's the kind of thing we don't think of too much. But our job really is to cover as much as we can, you know, just to really think through the process yeah. as best as possible. One of the, as we were talking, I'm realizing that you're in such a good position to start a label because <laughs> you're a musician and, and uh, you're, I assume you're a music fan. Well, I, I think I know you're a music fan and yes. you're, you are work in press too. I mean, you're essentially, you know, you work in the, in the media and music media and um, mm -hmm. you, you probably have been pitched to um, mm. before. And so, I mean, has that uh, informed you at all as a, a label owner or being on the other side of the, the pitches? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's, it's all informed me. You know, I also, uh, I worked in music venues for a long time. Right. Right. Uh, so that like piece of the industry stuff and worked. Yeah. And in press on the press side a lot. So I, I've learned a lot from what I've received. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say the most of it is just what not to do. There's a lot, sure. a whole lot of what not to do. There's, there's no absolute what to do. Yes, with yes, with any of it. Yeah. Um, but I, I've learned a lot about what not to do, uh, and certainly got some good, got some good ideas. You know, yeah. there are um, labels and publicists who whose approaches I I really respect, um, and and like and appreciate and all of that. Uh, so I've I've certainly taken some inspiration from from those. Mm, that's good. Um, it, what I mean, okay. So now, like bringing this all full circle, and I mean, you've you've you are experienced in all of these different avenues. Um, what advice do you have for someone who is in your position and back in 2019 or 2018? They maybe are sitting on a fake name. They maybe they've reserved a couple of the usernames. What advice do you have for someone thinking about starting a record label? 
just start just start doing something. Uh, even if you don't know what you're doing, uh, start doing something and try and keep it low risk for for cost and yes. legal reasons. I, uh, I, yeah, up, up front. <laughs> you're right. You know? uh, yeah. I mean, I think I think digitally is a great place to start um, because you can. There's kind of a lot to learn, uh, but it's very accessible if you just you know you just learn how to do it. Yes. Um, and I, you know, I, I've been, I've gotten really into doing the taste because I found a way to do it that it does not cost me very much money. Um, but it's, it's opening up a world of new things to learn, new processes, and it's also just fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say that I'd say start small, but just, just start with something. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, but have a plan and an idea of where you want to go with it. Um, as, as much as you can and be okay with that changing because that will change constantly in the first like four years. That's a great point. And, and I think that's kind of true with, you know, any other kind of business, but I, I've, I've resigned myself to accept that it's so natural for projects like a record label to may, maybe never be fully formed, but certainly not yeah. um, start off fully formed. And mm-hmm. I, I think so many of us, are just messed up by that. And I, and I see, I see, you know, the labels, people I talk to or email me are, you know, they're just doing everything. They're registering their trademark. They're, Mm -hmm. they're paying $2,000 in legal fees, getting everything done. They basically want to be like a midsize or major label right out of the gate. Uh, And that just, that scares me. I feel like you, you really should um, crawl, walk, run type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I certainly feel like um, I agree with what you said that I'm in a good someone who's in a good position to do this because of my various experience and because I've spent several years now researching running record labels. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So you know, so I, I have had a, a background and sort of head start on a lot of stuff that pe- most people who want to start a record label might not have. Mm. Um, but even with that, you know, I didn't go out and do all those things and right away because I know that it's going to be a process of change even and I'm saying even after the point where I was calling it a fake label and all that like once uh, yeah you know, once sure. it was August this year I was still like okay I'm going to try stuff feel it out and see see what feels right and see where this goes um but you know with the with the idea that at a certain point in the future I will have certain you know certain check boxes marked off that move you along that road but not necessarily paint you into a, a corner of yeah. what you're doing and i think it's important to kind of have a um just to prepare yourself to stop pretending to be uh, a fake label and and to start saying okay like that i don't know if i mentioned this when we talked uh, last year but i i just i remember like i i didn't take myself seriously for mm. quite some time for maybe five or six years and i feel like yeah. i wish i had earlier on but yeah i i it is nice to be well why didn't you well because it was always a fake label it was always (laughs) but you had you had 12 releases in in the first year and still was yeah it still was just uh, me having fun and obviously it was obviously came from a place of of um insecurity i think Mm -hmm. and the imposter Mm -hmm. syndrome but I, I look back now and it's easier looking back, but I thought, man, I wish I had taken myself seriously. I wish I had invested actual cash into mm-hmm. some of these things. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, what is it called um, in a sitcom or a TV show when they do like, 
when characters from one sitcom appear in a completely different sitcom. What's that called? Uh, As a crossover? Just a cat. Oh, maybe a crossover. I was going to say like a cameo, but I don't no, know if that's like right. a crossover sounds like right. as a character. Okay, well, anyway, this is what this episode is. We've got two record label podcasts that are talking, and and everyone needs to go and and, and obviously, I know our listeners are already a fan of of subliminal inevitable, but um, okay. they need to 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 check it out for any of our new listeners. Um, but that's what this episode is. It's a crossover of the yeah. two podcasts. Do you, do you know the the date of um of that podcast of when we recorded that podcast? Because I just saw it and it blew my mind. It, uh, oh, uh, no, had I already been doing this this podcast? Probably. Oh, you 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 had started. You had well. That was how okay. I, that was how I contacted you, be, or how I first heard about you because you started. Like oh, you okay. tweeted, I'm going to start a record label podcast, or <laughs> I just started, or, and I, someone retweeted or liked it, and I was like, hey. Oh, that, hey, bastard! <laughs> I, I well, honestly, look at you now. And I now do you've built like an empire out of I, it. <laughs> an empire. I'm actually on the top floor of a of a huge office building that I own right now. Um, I knew it. <laughs> I'm petting a cat. Um, no, I, I I still to this day feel guilty that I didn't discover you in any sort of research, and I didn't really look hard, but. Um, <laughs> I, I just feel guilty and but to be honest if I had found you it could have it may have stopped me it, I, yeah, it may and, have I may have hesitated at least for a and, couple of months so <laughs> and I, I wouldn't have wanted that at all because number one I enjoy listening to your podcast and I also feel like they serve two two different I agree purposes. I agree um, thank and, you and I feel like we've or well I feel like you have leaned more into into yours of like the education and the digging into certain you know, corners of the industry and the, the processes that people use and stuff like that. Um, whereas I'm trying to kind of like just introduce people to labels and tell the story of them a little bit in, in a more general well, fan-based sense. I totally agree. And I, I what yeah. I love about your show and what I feel like it gives me permission to, um, my, you know, my goal with the show is to always been to focus on the the people running it and not the artists. Mm -hmm. I always feel like there's yeah. so much press for music out there and for the artists that there's just not enough for the people behind the scenes. And so mm -hmm. I love that you kind of pick up that slack for me so that I can completely mm -hmm. disregard the artists. I mean, I don't even know, like we didn't, I haven't even mentioned them. You artist. don't even mention them half the time. I do not. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan of music to be honest. I, yeah, I, had, a, I had a feeling. Yeah. And actually it's just laziness. I don't, I, it's too much research for me. <laughs> right. That's the thing. I love, I love the research part of, of it. You know, I, I spend, I just get as much music from the labels as possible and just like, swirl around my head for a while and figure out a playlist and then like research the artists a bit and you know half the time I come into it I'm like I'm going to talk about this one record your label put out six months ago and I don't even know who you are but yeah let's go. yeah well that's great and they probably love that your guests probably love it more yeah. because that's ultimately what they're passionate about I'm passionate about record labels the record labels that I interview are passionate about their releases yeah, so yeah yeah, yeah. Well, great, when did we do that interview? That was 2018, I, I guess, then, right? Because that's it when was, I started. It was. It was May 9th, 2018, it looks like. Oh, wow. And so that's like uh, almost three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. <laughs> that's crazy. Well. So it's, it's great to bring it full circle. Yes, I know. I totally agree. Thank you so much for doing this. And yeah. congrats on, on Totally Real. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you all for listening. Go to totallyrealrecords.com to check out this record label. And they're also on Bandcamp, of course. And check out all of their releases and make sure you follow along. Um, if you are in a similar situation as as we were talking about today, about thinking about starting a record label and overcoming that imposter syndrome, um, and you know, and I know there's a lot of our listeners who are dreaming about starting a record label or are interested in starting a record label, I've put together this free resource that you can download. Go to otherrecordlabels.com/toolkit. It's called the Record Label Toolkit. It's a free download. It comes with a bunch of things. Make sure you grab that. And of course. All our resources are at otherrecordlabels.com. Thank you for listening.